Welcome back to another episode of the Montgomery Company's podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery, and today we get to interview my dear friend, Austin Hatch. Austin's story has been told by ESPN, NBC Nightly News, People Magazine, and many others. As a former Michigan basketball player, Austin kept a full-ride scholarship after he survived not one, but two fatal plane crashes that took the lives of every member in Austin's immediate family. Austin has gone on to graduate from the University of Michigan, married his wife, Abby, and today is a keynote speaker that rocks the world, sharing his unique journey and how he's used his story for the benefit of others. Austin is a friend, a man of faith, and someone that you will enjoy listening to on today's episode. With that, we welcome Austin Hatch. So Austin Hatch, welcome to the Montgomery Company's podcast. You have perhaps the most unique life story of anyone that I've ever known. Could you just shed some light on your journey? Uh, Tell us who you are, where you've been, and where you're at today. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's great to be with you guys. And yeah, I feel blessed to have a have a story that's pretty impactful um and you know it's tra- as tragic as it is i um i believe my story is you know two words that would define it are you know tragedy and triumph at the same time right and um you know i think that it's essentially my message um is about it's not about our circumstances it's about how we respond to them so tragically when i was when i was eight years old um my family and i were involved in a plane crash tragically that claimed the lives of my mom my sister and my younger brother, um, which was, you know, obviously extremely difficult to, to, to get through. And, um, but my dad and I, you know, leaned on each other and just pressed on, find a way to, to keep living despite that loss. And, um, he was eventually remarried. Uh, my dad was, and we had a great blended family rest- restored a sense of normalcy in my life. Um, and I was working really hard on my basketball skills, and eventually I got to be pretty good. And Coach Beeline from Michigan offered me a scholarship on June 15, 2011, which I accepted right then and there. Um, it was always my dream to go to Michigan because my mom went there. Um, and my grand- both my grandpas went to Michigan, so it's been in my family for years. And it was a dream come true. But then nine days later, you know, tragically, we were involved in another plane crash to claim the lives of my dad and my second mom. Um, my dad's second wife after you know he was remarried and um they were tragically killed um in the plane crash and i was i probably should have died if you look at the list of injuries that i had but you know after being in a coma for two two and a half months it came out of it had a long road to recovery ahead of me or how to walk and talk and live life again basically how to, how to do everything uh, and thanks to you know the power of god and amazing medical team, therapists, nurses, doctors, um, and the prayers and well wishes of many people across the country that, you know, helped me get better. You know, we, we overcame it. So Austin, you had told me at one point about, um, the odds of you making it and you're literally one of a few people on planet earth that's ever survived two plane crashes. Um, what's that stat? What's the number that the doctors told you about your, your odds of survival of, of two plane crashes? Yeah, well, it, um, it actually it wasn't the doctors that told me. I read an article um, written by a guy named Arnold Bennett, was his name, I believe, at MIT. He was a statistician that studies 
airplane travel and actually studied air, airplane crashes, you know, why they happen, how they happen, you know, how to prevent them and things like that. And um, he calculated that, that the odds of surviving a plane crash with, a, with at least one fatality is one in 3.4 million. So that's pretty slim. And um, so I realized, you know, I, I survived two of those tragically, but fortunately. And um, the odds, so I, you know, one in 3.4 million is the odds of surviving one. And one in 3.4 million is the odds of surviving two. So it's, well, it's one in 3.4 million for both, but the odds of surviving both is one in 3.4 million times one in 3.4 million, which is one in 11 quadrillion, 560 trillion. So pretty slim. I'm ex- extremely slim. You know, I'm, I shouldn't be alive, but I'm, I'm blessed and I'm just trying to do, do everything in my power to make the most of this third chance of life that I've been given. So. I think it's important for our listeners to understand, Austin, it's not like you were, you know, just involved in, in two plane crashes, but you were given this gift, this God-given gift to play the game of basketball, and you worked hard at that gift. And, you know, for anybody who's ever played sports, you can put yourself in that position where your dream comes true, you're offered a Division One scholarship at your dream school. John Beeline, a, a coach who's, you know, coached in the national championship game at the collegiate level he's coached in the NBA I mean he was the guy that offers you the scholarship what a special moment literally nine days after he offers you the scholarship and you get to celebrate with your dad um, that dream starts to look very different and you don't know if you'll ever play basketball again in fact the doctor said you, you probably wouldn't you know to me the coolest part of your story is how you responded to your trauma and your injuries. Talk to us about how you approached playing basketball at the University of Michigan and John Beeline's invitation to continue to be a part of the team. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, I, I think one of the, the biggest things um, in my life that I've, that I've learned from sports, from working to be the best that I could be, the best basketball player that I could be, is just that, that commitment, that drive, that dedication, um, the understanding that it's going to take, it's going to be a long road. You're never as good as you think you are and you, you can always get better. And that's how, kind of exactly how I, how I approached the road to recovery. I knew that, um, I had this, I had this goal of getting to Michigan originally and I, I had achieved the, the first part of that goal. I had an opportunity to go there, but I wanted to go there and thrive. I didn't want to just go there and be there. I wanted to go there and thrive at Michigan, right? Before the action. Then the second action happened, you know, nine days after I committed and, you know, I suffered a terrible traumatic brain injury, long list of other broken bones and things like that. And, and I just kind of thought to myself, so I was trying to be the best basketball player that I could be before the accident. And I was working every day to do, to get a little bit better. And now I have the same mentality, but it's just a different goal. I'm going to make that. I, I mean, I, I decided early on that I'm going to do everything in my, in my power to make the best recovery that's ever ever been made by a level seven traumatic brain traumatic brain injury. I mean, I mean, why not? Right? Go big or go home. My dad always said. And you know, if I'm going to go after something, if I'm going to make them, if I'm going to get started on this recovery process, if I'm going to try to get to make from myself the goal of getting to Michigan, um, given and I was in a coma, I was in a coma. I had to learn how to walk. I have a, I have a long way to go, but I'm going to do everything in my power. You know, I'm going to control all the things that I control because my injuries were what they were. And I, I can't really control how fast my, I recover from, you know, those medical injuries. You know, they are, they are what they are. But I'm going to do all the things that I control. Like, you can't, you're not going to make every shot in every game. But there's no reason you can't play as hard as you can for 40 minutes or however long the game is, right? So, yeah, you know, I just 
just focused on the things that I control. And I think that's, you know, in life in general, um, especially with all the adversity going on right now, um, you know, my thoughts and prayers out to everyone who we're all impacted in some way, shape or form. But yeah, I just tried to, not that my journey is, is the same as what we're going through now in any way, but it's, but it's similar in that, um, you know, I can control my circumstances and I don't think people today, no one really has control over the circumstances, but I do believe that we all have control over how we respond. Right. So I think that, yeah, just, you know, that mindset that I, you know, that I learned that I kind of attained from working as hard as I could to, to be the best I could be. There's always someone out there working harder than me. There's always someone out there who's better. And I, I realized that. And I realized early on that there's someone out there who's, we're both working to be great basketball players or, or great at whatever. And, and because I'm not working hard right now, the person out there is, there's someone out there who is. And for that reason, that guy is going to win every time. Right. So it's like, if I, if I can, give myself a competitive advantage in anything just just by putting the work in um and also the, the mindset the, the being positive and looking at the glasses half full that's a whole other conversation altogether but just having the mindset that it's going to be a grind it should be hard work you should it should it's not going to be easy and I think just understanding that um for me has been really important in life and the road to recovery Meeting, meeting my wife and getting her to fall in love with me was hard work, right? You know, I felt quick, but it took, for, but for her, it took a while. And like, hey, I, I, I'm going to control what I control. I'm going to work as hard as I can. I'm going to do, do whatever I can to make her. And, you know, if she doesn't fall today, that's fine. Maybe, maybe she will tomorrow. So, Well, your story is such an inspiration. And when I think about you, I think about the mantra of, how you do one thing is how you do everything and focusing on details and simple things. One thing we say in our business is simple things done well repeatedly, right? Success is the natural sure. consequence of applying the basics and the fundamentals. And you've been doing that in a real way through significant trial. Talk to us about how your faith has played into your road to recovery, your journey, your perspective, and how you've handled adversity. Yeah, well, well, I'll answer your your first question or give a few thoughts on your first part of what you said first. You know, you know, getting the fundamentals, doing the fundamentals well for a long period of time, right? Um, never get bored with the basics. You know, at Michigan, we would all we, every single day we would we would do passing drills um, and, p- and pivoting drills. These are guys, you know, some of the best athletes in the country playing at Michigan, right? Guys, you know what I mean? Mo Wagner, Duncan Robinson, Karis LeBert, DJ Wilson, right? Guys in the NBA are doing great, but you know, at Michigan, we would do passing drills and pivoting and like basic stuff like that. And if you can do those little things 1% better than your, than your competition, that could be the difference between winning and losing. Cause in the, especially in the big 10, there are a lot of games that are decided by one possession. And if you can turn the ball over one less time than the other teams, that gives you one more chance to score. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, my faith, um, my faith has been huge because I realized early on, you know, that, um, I don't know that I, I do believe that everything happens for a reason. Right. But it's hard for me. I mean, it, it's, you know, you know, obviously I can't understand the, the heavenly reasons or the divine reasons behind why I went through what I did, but I think it's part of it is to use what I've been through to help others. And, and that, that's a big part of it. But I, you know, I think that um, I, I always, always remembered, um, you know, James one, two, and three, says, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. 
And, you know, I look at this, it's like, this is a big trial. But like I said before, by, by handling the trials that I faced prior to this big one, the second big one that is, it, you know, I don't want to say in a way it prepared me for it, but it like, and you shouldn't live life in fear that maybe the, maybe that big of that big tragedy is going to come tomorrow, but we should handle the smaller forms of adversity. And I don't, I don't want to say smaller, but just the, you know, the, the, the minor inconveniences of life, we should handle those in a way we should look at those with a growth mind. We should be positive in the midst of those. Right. And, you know, and I think one of the way, one of the things about that, that'll, that'll strengthen our foundation and our faith. Um, and if we, if we stay, stay devout, stay committed to our faith and, and just trust, even when things, even when it's difficult to, I think that'll strengthen our foundation. And I'm reminded of a house in Mexico beach in Florida, um, Hurricane Michael hit the panhandle um, in fall of 2018. Every house on the beach was destroyed except for one. And the homeowners said they they spent extra money, took extra time, resources, what have you, when they were building the house because they built it to survive the biggest storm that would ever come. They didn't build the house, you know, in fear that maybe the big one is going to come. But they just knew we live in Florida. We have storms, big ones. And, and we're going to put this time and money in now in, in, you know, because when we want our house to be able to st- withstand the storm, it's, it's kind of like life, you know, the storms of life are going to come. It's inevitable. And hopefully it's not a category five hurricane metaphor, speaking, but I think it's, um, I think it's better to be prepared and better to have that rock solid foundation in Christ in whatever your faith is, whatever you believe, it's better to have that rock solid foundation and have the storm not come than it is to have the storm come and have your, your house metaphorically speaking, be destroyed. So, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of James one twelve, which says, um, you know, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to us love them. And, you know, it's like, I don't want to say that, you know, good things are on the horizon for every person who goes through anything. But, you know, I stand before you today, you know, it says James 1.12, says, blessed is the one who perseveres. And I'm more blessed now than I could have ever imagined, especially coming where I came from, you know, nine years ago. So I love the way that you speak about your journey. You speak about your past. I'll never forget, Austin, when I asked you the question about stepping on a plane. And I asked you a two-part question. I asked you the question, you know, was it scary to you the next time you jumped on a plane after your accident? And then my second question was, does it scare you to fly today, right? I mean, if I had been through not one, but two horrific accidents where I had lost loved ones, I can imagine the fear uh, that might overcome me if I was faced with, you know, that situation again. And, and you said, um, Jordan, my permanent home is not here on earth, but it's in heaven. And if it's my time to go, then it's my time to go. And I think, what you shared, Austin, is how your, your past has cemented your future. I think oftentimes we want God to reason with us in our past, uh, but we don't ask him enough to reason with us in our future. And I think you're one of those people that has been reasoning with God in the future. Um, you know, what are you preparing me for? What have you called me to? Not why did this happen? And it makes you uniquely special. Um, tell us a little bit about how your journey has shaped your view of relationships. I, I love the way that you speak about your wife, Abby. I love the way you speak glowingly about your mentor and coach at Michigan, John Beeline, and how you speak about uh, the family members that you do have. I know your, your dad remarried and your stepmom's uh, children are, are like family to you. Um, 
talk to us about how your journey has shaped the way, you, the way that you view relationships. Yeah, well, I, I think I, it's given me a greater appreciation for all the relationships that I have because unfortunately, tragically, I've realized that you know, things can be taken away from you in an instant, right? And it's, you know, I just, I, I believe that, you know, we're all, this is kind of a separate issue altogether, but we're all, everyone on the planet, no matter what you do, we're all in the people business first and foremost, right? And, and those relationships, that's where the value, that's where the value comes from. Um, and obviously, you know, for a business, they got to, you know, gen, you know, you know, sell their product or service or whatever it may be. But, um, you know, it, it, it starts with people though. I mean, people sell the product, people deliver the service, people. So without people, there is no business. There's, there's no business on the planet without people. So, you know, I think we're, we're all in the people business first and foremost. And yeah, just back to those relationships. You know, I, I believe that, you know, it's, it's just such a blessing to have the life that I do. And I've, I've lost a lot. I've been through some terrible stuff, but um, I can't, you can't let two bad moments or I can't let two bad moments in my life, two <laughs> horrific moments outshine all the other great moments that I have. And maybe that sounds, you know, you know, like fake optimism or whatever, but it's just, I mean, man, when I, when I take a step back, and realize, like I said before, I've been through some terrible stuff, right? That no one would ever wish on anyone. Um, but, you know, it, you can't let those two bad events define your life. It's like you, you, you play, a great, you play a, great, a great basketball game. You know, you, you know I, metaphorically in my life right now, I think if you could compare the two, maybe this, this comparison won't make any sense. Uh, I've got, I've got a 40-point a, a 18-rebound game that's the kind of life I have it's like amazing right and so yeah you know I miss I miss and, and by chance I, I missed the game winner I, to win the game I, I had 40 points and 18 rebounds and my team lost and so you know the, the team losing that's that's what matters and like you know like the fact that my family is, is gone that's that that's terrible and it will always be terrible but it's like I mean sometimes I just gotta take you know take my hat off and just say man you know to the opponent you know, you played a great game. And again, maybe that comparison doesn't make any sense, but I'm just like, I, I just can't, like right now, the life that I have, given, given what I've been through, if that, I can't change that. I don't know what else I would ask for, what else I would wish for um, right now. I've got an incredible wife, an incredible extended family, an incredible future to look forward to. I'm, I'm blessed to be in a position now where I can you know, share a message of positivity, encouragement, motivation, perspective, what have you. And yeah, you know, under my, if I can change the perspective of one person, my goal is to change the perspective of one person in every audience that I speak to. And say that maybe the audience is two, three, 400 people. If one person leaves that, leaves that presentation thinking a little bit different, you know, about, about, about their life, about a little bit different about the opportunities they have, then I, you know, I feel like I've done my job. So I'm just I'm so blessed and I can't, you know, I, I'm, I'll, I'll forever be, be grateful for, you know, for the opportunities that I've had and the people who are in my life. So, well, obviously, you you lost some of those people that were so dear to you, Austin. Um, you know, two two questions. Um, I'm assuming the the first the first answer to the first question is yes. Um, you know, do you think often about uh, mom and dad and and family that you lost um, in and how do you think about them when, when you consider your daily life, um, honoring them? Uh, how do you, how do you think about them when, when they cross your mind? I mean, what's, 
tell me about um, how you try to honor them with, with your actions and how you move forward. Yeah, well, I, I, I know I'll see them again someday. Um, you know, hopefully it's in, you know, 75 years. Hopefully my wife and I live to 100 and have an, inc- and have an incredible life. And, but I, I can't wait to see them again someday. And, um, you know, I, I hope that when I, when, when we, whenever, I, whenever the good Lord calls me home, um, I, I can't wait to see them again, obviously. But, you know, I hope that, you know, I hope that they're just proud of how, um, of how we responded to this. I say we because it's not only me. It's my, yeah, yeah. I was the I was the only one who's directly impacted. I was the only one who was in the plane crashes. I'm the one that lost my family. But everyone is in like everyone who's connected to me in any way, whether it's my family, my friends, my now wife and her family, we're all impacted by the loss. It's, I mean, it's a and but yeah, you know, I, I just I just I do my best to honor them every single day because even though they're not here, they're still having a profound impact on you know, the man I am and how I live my life, how I treat my wife someday, how I'll, I'll love and honor my family and the kind of father I'll be, you know, someday. And yeah, you know, I just, I just do my best to, you know, make, make them proud every single day. And I think that's a whole other issue. Um, because, you know, like I, I think about, you know, like for people going off to college, kids going off to college, I try to, I try to always remember that how I approach every situation, whether it was school, sports, my my now wife Abby, how how I approached every situ- every situation I felt, and especially in my in the early stages of my road to recovery when I was learning how to walk and talk and like you know at, at square one, you know just learning how to live life again, I, I I knew that how I or at least I felt that how I responded to the adversity that I faced was a direct reflection of my family, and I think if we remember that, if we remember that our our response impacts others and and it, it's a direct reflection on others as well, especially our families. If you remember that, I feel like, you know, that'll be a driving force that'll help us to do what it takes to, to overcome and to keep working hard, even though we don't feel like it. So, Well, that's a, just an awesome and powerful way to live life, that every action, every part of your journey is not just meant and designed to move your life forward, but it's meant and designed to move everyone that you come into contact with. It, it's meant to move their life forward. And... Um, Austin, I've watched you carry this journey. I've watched you carry your story forward in a way that is so inspiring. And I think, you know, one of your favorite pieces of scripture, you've shared this with me before, is Luke 12, 48. It says, to whom much was given, much will be required. And to whom has been entrusted with much, much more will be demanded. And I just want to say this as an encouragement to you, brother. And and I say this just... um, makes me emotional to, to say this to you, but you have been um, entrusted with this really unique story that only you have. And, you know, it's safe to say that you've maybe been through more trauma than, you know, 99.9% of the world will ever go through or understand. But the way that you've decided um, to shoulder that, to carry that, and to use that for good is such an inspiration. So may the world be better because of your presence, because of your journey, and because of the way that you choose to live life, what's next for Austin Hatch? Yeah, well, thank you so much for your kind words. I really appreciate it, and I feel I, I do feel blessed that I've you know been been given this great this great opportunity. You know, at the of course it's at the at the expense of my family, which is tragic, and I'll, you know, I, I certainly um, recognize that. Of course, and I'm not saying this is a, a great opportunity that has come from their loss, but. You know, I feel like there's two ways to approach things. I can either focus on the loss or I can focus on the opportunity. 
And like you said, doing much has been good, much is expected. And I feel, yeah, I feel blessed. I feel that I've been, been entrusted with this, this platform to use it for good. So yeah, as far as what's next, you know, I'm, I'm speaking to organizations across the country, you know, about overcoming adversity and um, thriving in the midst of adversity and really about, you know, how we need to build it, build it for the big one, right? You know, we don't build our lives for the good days, for the, for the days when things are, are simple. We don't, you know, we build our lives or we strengthen our foundation, our relationships are, you know, for, to be able to handle those tough days and like we're all, we're all going through right now. And, you know, so I, I feel blessed to be in a position where I can, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe it's not sharing something that people, it's, it's usually something that people know, they're, they're aware of it, but hopefully it's just a reminder, you know, that like, you know, that big one may come and I hope it does. I hope it doesn't. But, and even if the, even if the big one doesn't come, I feel like, um, that decision to live life with the work for something bigger than ourselves, you know, whether that's our family, our faith, our the organization. Uh, I think we need to work for something bigger than ourselves first and foremost. And um, when we have that that greater purpose, I think that'll drive um, the four key components of, of my message that I talk about, which are the growth mindset, which sees adversity as opportunity. It drives the decision to be resilient, to focus on our response to what happens to us, rather than drawing on the less than ideal circumstances that we can't control. The third component is that decision to live with integrity and always follow through on our commitments and, and do what we said we would do, especially when our circumstances change. And lastly, the thing I talk about is that team first mentality. You know, like we like we talked about, you know, at Michigan, all I could do was unload bags and shag balls and practice. If that's what I could do, it's what I could do to help the team. And I think something we got to remember is that if we're on the team, we have a role and that role is important. Otherwise, it's not worth the coach's time to have us on the team. So for anyone out there who's struggling to you know, figure whether their role is important or not, if it wasn't important, you wouldn't be on the team. So, yeah, I'd be, be honored to share that message with any and all people, organizations who have any interest. So, Well, Austin, you have uh, shared the stage with some of the top keynote speakers in the world, and you've worked with professional sports teams and college sports teams and I know you're working with several Fortune 500 companies uh, to help them improve uh, their mindset, their attitude of abundance, and ultimately move their company or their organization forward. So you're a gift, uh, you're, a, you're a talent, you're a treasure, and um, it's just such an honor to have you on the Montgomery, pod, uh, Montgomery Companies podcast. And I, I want to say this, um, I, I just want to say thanks, uh, not just from me, but from, from John Choate, our producer, and to all of our listeners who are impacted by your message today. Thanks for being who you are. Thanks for choosing to use your story for good. And thanks for deciding to spend a little bit of time with us today. Where can people find you today? Uh, LinkedIn is a great way, great way to get connected. Um, also, the, the website will be up and running here in a, in a month or two. Um, so once that, once that is available, I'll definitely get the word out there that people can get in touch that way and have me, book me to have me speak or, you know, would love to just have a conversation to see if I can add value or just, just to encourage anyone in any way. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks again for your time. Thanks for your friendship and, uh, look forward to staying connected for a very long time to come. Oh, thanks. I really, really appreciate the opportunity. It's an honor to be with you and, um, yeah, I look forward to being in touch. Keep doing great things and let's crush the week. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Montgomery Companies Podcast. Thank you to Austin Hatch for your time and generosity and sharing your journey today. And also thank you to John Choate, our producer, for all of the hard work that you do behind the scenes and putting these episodes together. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud, and we would so much appreciate it if you'd 
comment, like, share any of these episodes so that we can move our mission forward and impact more people in a greater way. Thanks again for listening. Be well. Be well.